Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Okay, Anna Pankaldi, huge warm welcome to Headliner Radio. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm uh, roasting some broccoli at the moment and Ooh. talking to you. So, a happy well, woman don't, indeed. Don't overcook it. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's five o'clock on a Tuesday evening. I'm yeah. really breaking out of the, <laughs> breaking the boundaries of mm. cooking there. How's life in London today and recently and everything? Yes, good, actually. It's been a season of change, um, not just literally, but uh, <laughs> mm. uh, in, in my life. And um, yeah, I mean, it's been a beautiful sunny day here today. You know, when the air sort of feels like it's smells clean in London every now and again and I really sort of have to take a moment to go outside and just breathe it in clear the lungs out um mm. but uh yeah no I'm I'm good I'm sort of trying to find a new home at the moment and so that's always interesting sort of being a creative and kind of having your your foundation kind of being a little bit up in the air it kind of creates an interesting space mentally but I'm I'm actually mm. I'm good I am good Clean air in London, that must be a lovely novelty. Right. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, it's just the odd day where I'm like, ooh, that just something happened today. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's do the full Anna intro. So, yeah, could we talk about like getting into music as a young person and then you remember the point where it began to feel like something you actually wanted to take more seriously and build into a career kind of thing? Yeah, my introduction to music was, um, yeah, I would say it, it evolved really from, from a very young age. My dad is a wonderful singer. And so, you know, we grew up uh, with music in the household constantly listening to the likes of Carly Simon, Cal King, Beach Boys, Stevie Wonder. Um, and, you know, from a young age, I sort of just knew that I loved to sing and yeah but I sort of before I decided to take my career seriously I I had to battle like for a long time a stage fright which is just such a like I don't know it's so funny whenever I sort of talk about it I always have this gut um, reaction Mm -hmm. uh, inside that's just like oh my gosh Anna it's just so boring people just don't want a sob story and it's definitely not a sob story um but you know Mm -hmm. it was definitely um a real chunk in an epoch um a time where I just yeah I wasn't able to sing in front of people and when I did I burst into tears and it took me yeah a very long time to overcome that and only sort of many years after that did I eventually kind of you know when I knew it would be you know a viable uh, you know kind of consideration as a career given you know that I could actually sing in front of people did I I start yeah quite a bit later I, I started writing um you know probably only seriously sort of yeah around the age of 20 21 so I kind of yeah I'm not Mm. one of those kids that were you know writing songs when they were seven and could play every instrument and (laughs) stun everyone uh it definitely Um, took me a little while just on the on the stage fight I mean I think everyone gets it but so it sounds like it was very very strong or even extreme to you how did you yeah how did you conquer it was just like uh, kind of exposure therapy would that be the right way to put it just eventually doing more and more yeah exactly that. Front of people. exactly yeah. that but I had I lived in South Africa for three years when I was a teenager and uh, I developed this um 
fear of performing in front of people many, many years before that. Uh, strangely, in the context of it being a singing competition, I'd never had any issues with performing in front of people before. Mm-hmm. And there was something about that environment of we're being competitive and, um, yeah, and being graded and marked that obviously just really didn't, uh, my subconscious really didn't like. Ooh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, moved to South Africa and I had this incredible vocal coach called Gavin Smith who really, yeah, he really was the epitome of, of uh, yeah, of tough love and uh, well, personified personified that. And, um, yeah, and I, I honestly don't really know where I would have been, you know, at this point in terms of performer if it wasn't for him because I was so defiant and stubborn, you know, because those kinds of fears are really paralysing. And, uh, mm. I, you know, and these were small performances at school, but he would, you know, I would cry <laughs> in front of, yeah. you know, um, in the performance and I would walk off stage and he, you know, would, you know, come and, you know, and walk over to me and would be like, Anna, he was like, you know, it's just like falling off a horse. You need to get back up there. And he kind of didn't really give me a choice, you know, um, in a loving way that was stern, but not kind of, you know, um, kind of gross. And I am so thankful to him because by the time that I'd finished living, you know, our family moved back to the UK um, and I'd arrived at this, this debilitating stage fright. And by the time I left, uh, my final performance was for, um, yeah, it was another adjudication um, competition in South Africa where I managed to get through it and I performed and it was such an, yeah, an instrumental, really emotional moment where I've been able to overcome this fear and felt like for the first time I was in control of it instead of it delegating, you know, to me. Um, yeah, and it really was incredible. It's really, you know, when I, when I think about it, it definitely, definitely, you know, gives me a few goosebumps because, you know, now I get normal nerves and, uh, and it's really, yeah, it's just a really, I felt incredibly touched that I had a champion in Gavin who could see beyond my fear and push me past it. So Gavin Smith is, mm. is an absolute hero of mine. <laughs> yeah. No, amazing. Um, I want to talk about America a bit. I feel like a big feature of your career so far is it almost feels like you've broken America, right? Because you've opened for the likes of David Ryan Harris, who's John Mayer's guitarist, um, Jake Isaac. You've performed headline shows in New York, Los Angeles, Nashville, like the ultimate music city. Um, yeah, what what do you think's helped you with regards to America when, you know, knowing so many UK artists really do struggle when they go out there often? Um, yeah, I I think every artist and band has, you know, varying uh, levels of kind of insanity, maybe, I would say, in terms of how how willing they are to to push themselves out of the boat. Also, just to caveat, I am terrible at sayings. I, I'm almost certain that saying I've just said now is completely inaccurate. But, you know, yeah, what, should, what is it? Oh, my gosh, it's terrible. Anyway, you know what I mean. Push yourself out of the boat, whatever mm-hmm. that saying is. Um and I really just had this sense I'd spent, you know, I'd travelled around the, the world and for nine months and written loads of songs. I then had moved to London and spent a bunch of time playing in London and kind of building up, uh, yeah, fan base and kind of business connections and everything there. And I just, 
honestly, it just felt like I just wanted to go to America. It wasn't um, necessarily that there was some, well, there wasn't, you know, some enormous opportunity waiting for me there. I just had this sense that I wanted to go. So that first trip, actually, when I went to America, um, involved me just saving up like a bunch of money. And I went and I played like a bunch of open mic nights. And um, yeah, and it just, yeah, it definitely, yeah. Anyway, and then I kind of got connected with some people later down the line I got introduced to my manager who yeah he's um he's um America yeah he's an American my American manager uh my 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 first and and only manager and he's been incredible and then he sort of helped you know build from from there but I think initially really just going to the states you know just with kind of like an open mind and yeah and just a focus and a hunger for kind of you know wanting to begin to build a fan base there was kind of you know the driver behind that and um yeah and then my manager you know um helped connect me with David Ryan Harris which is how I got on that tour mm-hmm. and um and yeah and then you know I would spend longer periods of time out there and he would you know put me in a lot of you know, writing rooms and um you know there's so much to be said for building a music community and friends within an industry you know I, I, I definitely don't see it as this sort of clambering over everybody else to try and just, you know, elevate yourself. Like there's room Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And um, so, you know, through going to those writing sessions, you know, you get chatting and someone recommends a night you should play. And the next thing you've kind of gone up from playing open mic nights, to some sort of sing-songwriter night. And, um, but, you know, really it's kind of like a bit of a, like of a blur over the years in terms of how you build things. I just, you know, have always been very driven and known what I've wanted and and you know and obviously you have to be willing to sacrifice a lot for that and that can be you know things that you know times that you might be spending with your family and friends and kind of you know because you're you're trying to build on something that requires you to um yeah I mean it requires sacrifice so mm-hmm. yeah the American leg of the journey it, yeah you know initially started from just me and then as I kind of like you know as the team got bigger that helped to kind of propel it further um and I love spending time out there the shows that I've done you know out in the states you know the the headline shows that I've done but also like you know opening for other artists I've always felt um just deeply appreciated and and loved out there in the states I really you know, you do notice a difference when you are playing, like in other locations and other other places around the world. And yeah. I just received such such a loving, warm welcome. I opened for an artist called Fatai, and I toured with her across the east and the west coast of America in 2019. And you know, by halfway through the tour, like I'd sold all my merch, like it was just ridiculous, you know. And people weren't there to see me, so. Um, you know, that chapter to me um, really feels like it's in its genesis and there's there's much more time to be spent out there and a lot more to build on. Mm. But obviously, you know, the world has changed quite a bit in the last few years. But I'm so grateful for the love of um, of, of Americans that have, you know, mm. have been to my shows and that listen to my music because they, they make me feel, uh, yeah, just really valued as an artist. And, um, and often you don't necessarily feel that way. Yeah, I was going to say, are these all happy pre-COVID memories? Or have you managed to get yes. out since? Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
very happy pre-COVID memories. Yes. <laughs> um, I, yeah, that last trip I did out there was three or four months. I can't remember the exact time. That would be a match amount of months. But um, yeah, I went out there, did a bunch of, bunch of, uh, a bunch of, you know, writing sessions, and then yeah, opened for uh, for Ty on the tour, and then I did a small headline tour myself across four cities. So, um, yeah, next year, 2023, is going to involve a lot more touring. And we're just sort of really, you know, uh, yeah, ramping up for that at the moment. And there's obviously so much sort of hidden admin and organisation that everyone else doesn't uh, doesn't see, shouldn't see, I will never see, don't want them to see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, yeah, it's happening. Do you have a favourite memory? Because basically New York, LA, Nashville, this is like the dream for basically anyone wanting to perform in America, what was what was the highlight for you? Because, I mean, you could take your pick for any of those three are just incredible musical cities, aren't they? So. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, um, there's a, a show that I played uh, in a place called Rockwood Musical in New York. And mm-hmm. that night, honestly, just gave me such goosebumps because, you know, the, just the reality of the fact that I was thousands of miles from where I was living um, you know, that show was packed out and, uh, you know, it's really hard even in, uh, you know, sort of in reflection to believe that these moments really ever happened because they feel so outrageous. And when, you know, you're starting out in music, you know, you're, you're working, you know, and hustling for, for everything. Um, and then in that moment of, you know, when you start to achieve some of your goals, it's really hard to compute <laughs> that it's taking place because mm. uh yeah you believe that you can see it but then yeah you know kind of reiterating the point but yeah that night was so special um you know and just yeah those kind of audiences where you know you can hear a pin drop and yeah I mean you're the other side of the world from home and I could have um yeah, I really, I really didn't expect it. You know, it's easy for lots of artists and bands to say that, but I think you know at the end of the day, you know, we all start from absolutely nothing. We start from having never written a verse, never having strung a sentence of random words that have come out of our head, which have come from wherever they have in this random place that, you know, our thoughts, you know, um, you know, amalgamate together. And, um, yeah. And and one thing I really have tried, you know, to get better at as, as the years have gone on is just, you know, allowing yourself to sort of celebrate some of the wins and to, um, yeah, take moments of reflection. Because I think in these industries where, you know, you're obviously self-employed, you're constantly comparing yourself to other people and what other people are doing. It's really, really hard to celebrate things that you could never have imagined doing. But it's what you've been working for. But within that, you're constantly aspiring towards something beyond that and I think our society and the way that we live in the modern day world or as far as I experience it you know um you're constantly being asked what's next and and a talking point of most conversation is the next thing is not you know I know so you know almost seems trite to sort of talk about you know living in the moment and just being you know Mm. mindful and these have almost you know become kind of worn out phrases that people kind of get like they sort of huff at you know because it's Mm. so kind of overused but 
I think there has to be space for just trying to be like, oh, well done. Like, well done, because you've worked really hard for that. I think all of us need to learn how to do that a little bit. I haven't oh, quite worked it yet, but yeah. <laughs> it's a trying. <laughs> life, lifelong thing, I think. But um, something I find interesting about this lovely American trip is because um, a lot of people say, oh, you can achieve anything within reason from the comfort of your home because the internet's so big and powerful but am i right to assume your placements on you know american tv shows like pretty little lies and uh the in-between which is a paramount movie did that come directly from you being physically in america or was that through something else so no actually so my so the first few placements that i had in american tv shows were because i'd had uh yeah like a sync a sync deal so yeah. um and yeah, and I got that through my management and my connection to my management actually was all kind of, uh, yeah, it was all kind of UK based, although, you know, he, um, although he lives in the States. Um, but yeah, and I think, yeah, and this, and again, the new movie that I had this year, the Paramount film, you know, that was all because, um, yeah, because of my brilliant manager, like, thank God for brilliant managers and, um, you know, just people really getting behind you and, you know, when you're writing a lot of music, you know, if you're choosing to be, you know, independent and you don't have a publisher, you really need someone that's willing to work your, you know, this pool of songs that you're, you know, almost constantly creating. And, um, yeah, so, no, no, I think um, the fact that I spent more time in America, I think obviously, you know, helps that I kind of could keep the relationship going with my American management and it still made sense for us to work together. Um, but uh, yeah, get, getting those placements, actually, you know, when I started out in music, it kind of, you know, didn't really seem like, uh, it wasn't something I even, even considered. And, you know, and as the music industry has evolved, you know, that's something that I spend a little bit of time on is, you know, writing writing music for sort of that side of the industry because, um yeah, because it's one of the things that, you know, if you do land those placements, you know, obviously you do get remunerated, which is fabulous. And also it's just really cool seeing your name in the credits. So like totally blew my mind to be like watching, you know, the end of the film, this Paramount film, seeing my name in the credits. Yeah, I sort of, I definitely did a little happy dance. Um, mm -hmm. Very weird, very, very weird. And I spelt my name right, which is awesome because... <laughs> Oh. I've had all sorts of pronunciations of my surname and spellings. So, uh, oh, with Hollywood, I'm sure there's literally someone being paid to spell check the credits, right? <laughs> You'd hope so, but I mean, I actually, I actually did release that song under my pseudonym, and the pseudonym uh, didn't quite make it into it. But that's cool. It's cool. I'm not, I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Pure stereotyping here, but I bet it must be cool having an American manager, just because they're like the ultimate go-getter people i know i'm stereotyping massively but whereas a british manager might be a bit more self-deprecating like oh i've got this out of school down there and do you want to listen to him is that is that the case at all or am i just completely um, um <laughs> i genuinely i think it's just depends on the person yeah i don't i think it's like obviously a stereotype of americans is they're kind of this like you know louder kind of <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, ruthless um but also with kindness kind of, uh, you know, personality. Mm -hmm. um, I honestly just think at the end of the day, it's having, you know, 
super super cheesy kind of mature cheddar comment that I'm about to make but it's just (laughs) having someone that really is fighting your corner and really believes that what you're doing is something you know really brilliant that they want to get behind that they want to spend the time trying to work on to build because you know at the end of the day you know their cut is smaller than yours and they really have to care about it to want to um invest their time you know um in an industry that's obviously getting trickier and trickier for for people to to make money so um no but he's um but yeah like obviously you know yeah he's he's called david margotis he's he's fantastic and he's um you know i love our conversations i love that he's got an american accent (laughs) definitely definitely better than hearing another brit you know makes our conversations a bit more it's going to say fruity, but that's not that's not the word I wanted to use. But we'll we'll use it anyway. Fruity. It, it works. <laughs> Gross. Uh, love it, love it. Um, before we get on to the new music, I just thought I must talk about Brother, just because it's your biggest hit in terms of streaming terms, at least. Um, yeah, can you tell us a bit about the story of the song and why you think that song in particular has resonated so strongly? I'm assuming right around the world with those kind of streams. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Oh, well, thank you. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Brother was, uh, yeah, the, its uh, entrance into the world was, um, yeah, was by accident. And um, I, or well, by chance, really, I guess, like <laughs> like any song, really. Um, but I'd been in the studio recording uh, one of my EPs. And at the end of the day, I just stayed in the studio that night and played around on the grand piano. And it was one of those really odd um, experiences that don't come along too often where the song just, um, it really just fell out. Uh, You know, the the lyrics and the melody and the piano, you know, that was the first song I'd ever released, um, you know, accompanying myself on piano and, uh, yeah, I've never really, uh, you know, cognitively had another moment like that with another song that just so needed to be birthed. And, um, yeah, and I, um, yeah, and all of my songs, you know, like they're really, you know, they're they're very honest and they're very raw and they come from a place of, um, yeah, of, of deep loss. And I... Um, yeah it's you know if I'm being completely honest it's the way that I speak about my songs I'm always and always have been quite ambiguous for a few reasons and you know but one of them being that I don't know I haven't quite worked out how much of a story and people's lives people want to know whether they want to be able to relate to something so that they can um reflect on their their own existence and um you know for me I've definitely chosen to kind of go that way with these songs because some things I still find too painful to share um yeah just very Mm. explicitly and graphically but yeah it's a it's a song of uh yeah of, of tragic loss and um and a very very honest one and perhaps you know it's the clearest, the clearest song I've ever been able to write about loss. Maybe the rest of them are too vague. Um, but I, I didn't really expect that song to do what it did or to sort of have the kind of response from people that I received. And uh, I was 
you know, I'm ongoingly very, very touched to receive the messages that I do in response to people discovering brother. And, um, yeah. And it really, yeah, it means ever so much. No, it's so interesting. I don't know. I love it when songs are kind of <clears throat> vague, like, I guess, cause it's more interesting than the opening bar of a song being yesterday. I went to the cafe and bought a coffee. That's just a bit boring, isn't it? When it's sort of like, Oh, what is this person? <laughs> but I do kind of want to hear that song <laughs> yeah. now. <laughs> I won't be the one writing it, but <laughs> no, it's just something fascinating about not knowing exactly what the person's singing about, and then you get all these reddits and forums where people are trying to dissect it, and they offer their theories. And I think that's a great thing. I'm sure. Well, hopefully, you agree since you're kind of doing that. It sounds like, but um, yeah, I like personally like lyrics to be a bit more serious. Yeah, and I think. There is space for everything. If there's one thing I've really learned in my years, you know, in this wild industry is, um, yeah, that there is room for for everyone and everything in terms of genre and, um, you know, like in personality type, you know, I am, you know, quite upbeat and jolly, but, you know, that's one part of my personality and it is how it generally presents itself, you know, um, socially. Um, and so over the years, you know, I've had quite a lot of people be like, oh, you know, I think you should, you know, write some more upbeat songs or we want to hear pop songs or da 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 da. And um, it's taken me a really long time to get to a place where I've been able to stand really strong knowing that, yeah, that we have to be able to create the music that we feel, you know, comes naturally and reflects what we're wanting to communicate because we have to be able to push the music that we want people to hear and you know when you feel pushed into a corner or you're being you know kind of forced to evolve into a direction that doesn't really suit you what you want to do like everything else suffers around it and then really you know what is the point unless it's a kind of stop gap something else and you know and all of those things are always um yeah they're you're, you're gambling on that and so um it feels like such a relief now for the most part that, you know, I can be like, these are my songs and no, I'm not here to be everyone's like bop on a night out and to kind of like let your hair down to, you know, I'm, I'm the person that's there, to, you know, wanting to create music for people that are wanting to connect and reflect and, um, you know, and that's cool because throughout a day we are going through, you know, different moods and emotions uh, mm. almost constantly and thus there is space for everything no 100 percent um so i mentioned the new music and i'm just so 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 grateful to have had a cheeky preview link to mm-hmm. listen to the song so yeah firstly um is this an ep a free track ep and did i hear them in their running order so no it's not an ep it's not in order. Um, I am, yeah, I'm going to be releasing a string of singles and that's just the first three. And I'm, um, yeah, I'm back in the studio, uh, yeah, in this month um, to continue to um, to write more. And I think after sort of having a period of time of just obviously the world kind of blowing up, doing other things within music to stay afloat, etc. Um, I wanted there to be, um, yeah, just some consistency to, you know, my songs being 
released uh, because I'm really excited about the new music that I've been writing. And, you know, and at the moment, this feels um, like the kind of, yeah, it just makes most sense. Um, but yes, I'm glad that you've heard it. I'm terrified that you've heard it. Not mm. many people have. So I'm, I'm still feeling the fear of exposure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's start with um, Stay This Way. I mean, firstly, what a chorus. Absolutely uplifted and just really loved hearing that. Um, yeah, could you talk about writing the song and kind of them going to the studio of it and just the whole genesis of it? Yeah, mm. just gorgeous song. Thank you so much, Adam. I'm very relieved to hear mm. that. Um, <laughs> I um, yeah, goodness me. So it's all that's all super fresh and new. This song, I mean, some of them I haven't really even given title, you know, names to properly yet. But um, yeah, I wrote this a while back on Zoom, which is the weirdest thing ever because I write a lot on Zoom for other projects, but never for myself and this song um I'd kind of taken in a bit of an idea to a session with this lovely guy Kevin in Los Angeles and um you know he's just super lovely and we just had a great session and this song just kind of you know we just finished it and I was like I really really love this song and I think I'm gonna keep it (laughs) I'm going to put it in my special little box of songs and not let it out for anyone else to have and um and so that's what happened with that song so that kind of um stayed there for a little while and in its safety of the tin and yeah whilst I kind of just tried to find a producer to work with and um I've been working with this fantastic producer called Jim Wallace uh we've been recording out of Strongroom Studios in Shoreditch and uh yeah it's been really exciting as you know I normally sort of historically have gone off Uh, to sort of the countryside to record an EP and kind of just get into that space and be in the middle of nowhere and I have loved doing that but there's also something really wonderful about knowing like you know as the songs come you can just keep recording them you know because I live in London and um yeah and this song really is about the honouring of childhood if you are so lucky as to have had a treasured one and um it's a space that i often um yeah in my imagination return to i um i had a really wonderful child and there's so many aspects and parts of it that i deeply 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 miss and parts that i wish um that could have just stayed the same forever and i i do feel like you know that is kind of something that, that can that is so relatable for so many of us I, I know not everyone is um is lucky enough to be afforded that but um yeah i have a real nostalgia for that time um i grew up in such a loving loving home and um as much as i love being a grown up <laughs> mm-hmm. my home and my family felt very complete at that time and it's not been something that I have been able to replicate as an adult just yet and so I feel yeah I feel heavily um um, heavily and emotionally attached to a lot of that uh, time in my life no absolutely and then I won't say the second song lay all the love because that that just happened to be how it appeared on the private streaming link you sent me but um yeah, 
I then listened to the Lay All the Love um, incredible song and I again fell in love with the chorus um, I always wanted to say I love the production and sound like you used some really cool simps on that song yeah I like first time ever and Jim just kind of pushed me out of you know where I would normally think to go to and when he first showed it to me I yeah I instantly was like this is really really sick and Mm -hmm. let's definitely keep it and um yeah I think it's a, a space in which I would like to evolve kind of incorporating those kinds of sounds I really feel like it's added another element that I haven't previously um haven't previously used and yeah and you know that song for me is the first time that I've kind of started singing about some other other topics too so that felt uh really thrilling to be to be doing that but I think yeah I need to get the songs out you know we need to sort of with there's so much planning and, and I'm really eager to to release them out into the ether as soon as possible because um, I think one can and does spend too much time kind of, yeah, just sort of being, you know, pretty self-deprecating and kind of just, um, just freaking out about, you know, what people are going to think. And I actually just need to, to leave them be and, and let them go and uh, let them have, you know, this uh, second part of their journey, uh, not in, a secretive place where there's a handful of people that have heard them. Mm. Because I was in my notes, I was going to say "Reason" feels like the perfect closing track, but I've now learned this is naturally an EP. <laughs> so yeah, I know we touched on this, but um, yeah, what do you have in mind in terms of releasing these songs? We're just is it getting over that terror and then thinking, right, this is how we're going to do it, kind of thing? Or? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely planning. I just feel scared, and we're yeah, mm. we're um. We're just trying to work out the best way of what kind of backing, you know, is potentially um, available and kind of, I mean, literally, yeah, the, bo- the boring, boring admin things, you know, like I've done the photo shoot and I've got lots of other mm. parts, of, you know, they're all mastered and they're ready to go. Um, but yeah, you know, again, in a modern world, just trying to find um, the most suitable and um yeah, beautiful way of being able to sort of spread these songs out as far as possible. And um, so that sort of, yeah, that sort of, you know, section takes a little bit of, yeah, a bit longer. Um, But yeah, but there should be, you know, we're, you know, we're in October now and Mm. uh, 2022. So there should at least be one single out um, this year. That's the, that is the plan. But, you know, we're also just, we're, we're booking, looking to book a tour for March time. So again, it's just, um, there's lots of sort of moving parts that need to um, be fixed in place um, to kind of make sense for the release. So it's, uh, yeah, but the hardest part, <laughs> the hardest part is done, which is sort of getting mm. something that I think I'm happy to share. Thank God. <laughs> um, sorry, do you know which of the three will be the first song? You're going to release something? I think, which obviously to people listening, this is going to mean absolutely nothing to them, but I think Lay All The Love, um, because, yeah, I mean, it's really tricky. Some people are like, lead with the biggest, 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 biggest song. But I think in terms of just the backing that's potentially available, I think, you know, um, to me, they all feel like really strong songs, but I think, yeah, I think it makes most sense to to start with Lay All The Love. And uh, yes, it's looking to be that one. I noticed um, 
be able to lay all the love and um, stay this way, you co-wrote with another songwriter, but reason you did just be yourself, is that right? Um, yeah, mm. could you just talk about, that must have been interesting doing a couple of songs as co-writes and then um, doing one fully solo, right? That must have been interesting. Yeah, I definitely climatised to co-writing. Uh, it took me a long time to warm up to even just being willing to do that um, and I think, you know, my manager at that point was getting quite frustrated because he was like, there's so much to learn just from sharing a room, you know, with people. And mm-hmm. I felt, yeah, I felt um, precious is the wrong word, but it felt really uncomfortable for me to share what I was writing about. And, um, yeah, you know, matters of the heart with, with other people that I didn't know. But, um, yeah, definitely kind of, you know, um, overcame that barrier, which is great. And now, you know, I have deep appreciation for co-writing and sharing, you know, that place mentally with someone. And and you just have to do it with the right people. Like, you aren't going to connect with everybody that you are put in a room with. And, um, and yeah, I really value that uh, way of collaborating. And But I also think it's really important to continue to write you know as a solo writer because I think you know you can jump to the other extreme of just feeling like it's only possible to create music with with you know one two three other people and Mm. that's not true but I do think you have to exercise that muscle and continue to um yeah just to create by yourself otherwise um yeah it can feel yeah, it can just, you know, this thing that you've always done by yourself can almost feel like this impossible task that, and you, that you're suddenly, like, don't have the ability to do it anymore. So, yeah, I find it very freeing. I still find it a challenge sometimes to write by myself. But I, I love the times and, you know, the times that I do and the songs, you know, yeah, um, the songs, mm. you know, that I will be releasing that come out, you know, just written by me. That's so interesting. I've never thought about it that way as a a learning process because um i guess the really stereotype view of co-writing is say a big massive version of it like ed sheeran being in a room with you know 10 people and one person does like a one little percussion part and they get a credit for example i guess that's the cynical view of that is oh they're just trying to churn out a hit quickly and they need loads of people mm. so your manager saying to do it as a learning thing that's so interesting yeah because i think it's really you know I think, you know, an introduction to being a songwriter, you know, for everyone is that you do it by yourself, right? And um, and sometimes there can just be a sense of pride of just wanting to be able to say, well, I wrote this and it was just me and this is all me. But I really, once I kind of just broke out of lots of the, well, I, I couldn't even stare, I hadn't even had the experience to really have an opinion on it. I just knew that I wasn't open to it. Once I kind of got over that, you know, even just lyrically, being in a room with people, even, you know, songs don't always and will not always find a home. Like, I don't always, you know, I'm an artist, but I do write for other people and I do write for other projects. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm part of just, I think, becoming, you know, uh, just a more experienced writer is hearing what other people have to say. And I do think as writers too, we do often tend to kind of think in a certain way or we're maybe more steered towards certain melodies or lyrics and what other people bring to a room um 
is their their own version of that. And um, and I think once you know that not every single song or lyric that is written has to end up, you know, being this enormous song that's going to propel you to the next level, you can kind of, you know, become a bit more grounded and just take it also as a learning experience. You know, not everything has to be the next great thing. I just, it puts an enormous amount of pressure on creativity when you really want it to sort of flow and to learn from it. You know, it's a craft that you do, you know, kind of have to chip away at. And um, yeah, especially lyrically, you know, it's been really interesting to see how some other people, so I wrote um, Lay the Love with Jess Sharman and uh, she just has a certain turn of phrase that I um, don't normally use, but then she sort of, you know, brought some examples forward in that particular session and I was like, oh, no, I actually kind of kind of like that. Um, so as long as you feel free to politely be able to say no to things when you know it really doesn't mm-hmm. reflect you as who you are as an artist, I think there is so much to learn from being in a room with other people, absolutely. And I uh, 100% believe that, you know, as I continue to improve as a songwriter, uh, part of that is due to sharing uh, writing rooms with you know, I, I honestly, no one keeps count. I don't know how many people I've written with now, like, you know, just endless amounts of people. Um, there's no way that you can't benefit from that. See, so, yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah, I mean, now knowing that you co-write for other artists, it would almost be strange if you're like, oh, I don't need to co-write for my songs. I'm the greatest songwriter <laughs> on the whole planet. But also just collaborating is just fun, isn't it? And it, it's probably yeah. good to occasionally not be that isolated artist who locks themselves away for a week and in the dark and writes tries to write the perfect song well i think again as long as you know who you are and what you know if it's working for you and that's what you know what you as in you know people like to do um i think it's fine i think it's good to expose yourself to other you know ways of creating um and you know i mean i know like emily sunday i don't know that she's ever co-written for herself like I just remember talking to my manager about her recently and mm-hmm. um, she still pretty much writes everything for herself so I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that at all and you know I just think it's it's really good to be open to just just trying things um, it also helps build your music community like I was mentioning earlier and um, you know just um, yeah growing that you know um because with Mm. those relationships and you know connections um you know there's sometimes you know that benefits you and the other person and yeah and it's a kind of mad industry to exist in can be very isolating and quite lonely at times and Mm. um i find it really motivating you know um certain days of the week knowing that i'm getting up and getting out and going and sitting in a room with someone or just you know that i'll be on zoom and then I need, and then I need the other days where you know I'm not sharing, you know, uh, that sort of creative spot with other people. No, amazing. Um, in terms of pre going to the studio, do you? So I know you have a bit of a home studio. Do you? Um, what's your process? Do you like create a fairly basic demo, or do you like to self-produce a fairly high-quality demo? Because I guess that gives you great standing as well. But yeah, I'd love to hear how you approach that and to hear a bit about the studio as well. It'd be amazing. Mm. so my studio is very cute and very small but very powerful um, and I yeah my demo yeah I basically record 
demos. I don't spend a lot of time trying to sort of build the production side of things. I think it's amazing that people do that. It's not that I'm lazy and that I can't be bothered. But the production side of things, if I'm being completely honest, has been an area that I've really struggled to have more sort of foresight over. Mm. And I've really needed to collaborate with producers in that. And, um, you know, like I've recorded, you know, I'll, I'll come up with, you know, loads of BV ideas that, will, you know, add to the track myself and lots of those things that will come naturally. But, you know, in terms of really wrapping that up all together and making it this really, you know, this beautiful sound is something that I, I have to do with someone else. Um, I love being able to record the demos though at home and for lots of the other musical projects that I'm involved in. Um, I, yeah, it's, I need to be able to, you know, comp my vocal and um, to record that and yeah. And send that off to them. You know, a lot of the, even you know the the Paramount film that I had this year, you know I recorded that you know in my duvet with my microphone and sent the stems over to the producer in LA, and that's how we you know we wrote the song on Zoom, and that's how we created that. Um, previous to lockdown, I hadn't been doing anything like that. So yeah, now I'm kind of moving on and trying to learn a bit more about vocal production, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, and that's really important to me. But I think I have such respect for producers, and I think, you know, if you want to be a producer, you you definitely, you know, you need to focus another whole massive chunk of time on that to, you know, um, for it to be something worth listening to. But yeah, I use um, Aston microphones, which I absolutely love, mm-hmm. and then I just have a little apogee interface um so it's a really 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 small setup but i've had all kinds of releases um uh, yeah on just using those two very small bits of technology um that have um yeah mm. given me access to lots of opportunities i otherwise wouldn't have yeah do you have a pair of speakers you're fond of or do you do headphones or no i just do headphones yeah super super basic over here mm. right now <laughs> No, no, no. Oh, no, it's very valuable because there's obviously people in the exact same position as you who want a fairly basic studio set up before they, you know, invest in the studio, right? Um, how about plugins? Do you, is that something you've delved into or is that something you'll let on in the process of learning? Because there's, there's so many vocal plugins, it's insane. My gosh, yeah, no, there's loads. And no, I mean, that's literally, you know, where I'm sort of, you know, as I was mentioning, kind of trying to do a bit more of the vocal production sort of thing when I say, recently i mean like two weeks ago um so i'm just kind of just getting my head around all of that but i'm sure there will be there will be and i recently actually randomly made um and released my first sample pack on um they're called black octopus sound which is kind of an interesting um an interesting sort of little yeah side note to kind of you know that has yeah some uh crossover oh incredible is that like a vocal thing? Mm, yeah, vocal pack, which obviously is just, you know, broken up into loads of the different, you know, faders and other things that people, you know, might want to use from it. But, um, yeah, it was a really cool exercise. They're three different, three different, you know, very, very different tracks. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just called Indigo Vocals um, with this really great, um, yeah, company, Black Octopus Sound, that sell the sample packs. But, um yeah, so I definitely, in terms of plugins and, and 
samples and kind of using anything else like that I'm very much you know um at the beginner's phase of that um yeah amazing oh well done I'll have to um plug that in the article version of this as yes, well sounds very do. cool send you a link um all right Anna thank you so much so yeah how's the rest of the year looking is it all just focusing on these three songs we've just been discussing obviously you've mentioned co-writing so just sounds like you're super busy really so i uh yeah next week i'm back in the studio to record another track for yes for my artist project and then yeah really just planning planning the release for that uh my management and i at the moment are also looking um at bringing on someone else onto the team management wise here in the uk so that's Mm. really exciting and um yeah and then you know i'm often yeah i you know writing for other people and i i do quite a bit in the dance world uh top lining um on that side of things and for other various things so it's nice it kind of keeps um i kind of like you know skitting between again not sure that's the right word skitting it's all right <laughs> i'll go for alternating mm. uh you know between different yeah musical projects i find it really fulfilling and interesting and have really yeah just enjoyed having a wide spectrum of kind of things i'm working on mm. so yeah you know all, yeah always you know generally pretty busy and hustling and just you know continuing to try and build you know what you've started you know building on what you've you know created and continuing to try to escalate that to you know um the next level so amazing um, yeah hopefully yeah i'm hoping yeah we're, we're kind of we're, we're sorting the tour out at the moment but when it's all official hopefully you and everyone that's listened to this and read this yeah. can come along and um yeah i love touring i love being in the room with people it's my most favorite part of all of being creative from you know writing to recording like being you know performing with people in a room is my most favorite bit so um, wow that's so inspirational considering you used to burst out in tears at school and now it's your favorite Mm. aspect of um, yeah lovely little full circle (laughs) moment Mm. yeah (laughs) uh final final question while the red carpet's still out um those who are completely brand new to you is there a particular song or project you would give them as a as like the perfect intro to yourself would you say or yeah song to listen to yeah i'd probably send send them towards a little song of mine called yeah how do i live with the blues which yeah i wrote out in los angeles on one of those mm-hmm. longer trips that i yeah i really um i really love so i would send them there and then you know, if they wanted to keep in touch, they can, you know, handwrite letters or they can find me online at all the usual mm. URLs. <laughs> Amazing. All right, Anna, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, that's a pleasure. Really lovely yeah. to talk to you. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.